This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at Saks.com. Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, ArmorAll, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every $20 you spend on ArmorAll products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. Trying to do my Perry clap. Welcome back. <laughs> Welcome back to an episode of Rich Check Podcast. This is episode 68. 68. 68. Woo! Clap so, it up. The, gang, the gang's back together. We're moving and grooving, shaking and baking. Um, Two thirds of the Rich Check Pod is here. Um, we, you know, we're, we're missing our buddy Ben, but shout out to Ben. Um, he's I think got he some, took a trip to D.C. this weekend, DC. so he's having some R&R time with uh, some friends and family. So uh, yeah. shout out to you. We'll see you next week, Ben. Yes, sir. Um, so before we get into the thick of things, allow us to introduce ourselves. I am Rashawn. I'm Perry. And we make up two thirds of the Risk Check podcast. So this afternoon, we have the pleasure of hanging out with a very special guest, um, someone that has been a supporter of the pod since we've started. Um, day one. Day one. Day one. Always active on the Instagram, always DMing, always. I don't think he's missed a single wrist check Wednesday. There's been a few. <laughs> <laughs> been a few. <laughs> we started the wrist check Wednesday and I think I probably missed like one or two. <laughs> this guy does not miss, never misses. Mm -hmm. um, so uh, without further ado, I have to introduce our good friend, Mr. Trevor. Thank you guys for having me. I really of course, it. welcome. Yes, thank you for for Happy joining us. Flew all the way uh, from the West Coast for this. Yes, <laughs> all the way from LA. Wow. Had to do a little quick visit to New York. Yeah. It's been a beautiful time. Beautiful city. It's been a long time. So yeah, happy to be here. I think the beautiful thing about um, the Risk Check Podcast. Um, is that we can have everyday people on this show. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, for Trevor, we've spoken via DM back and forth. And, um, you know, the idea, like, you know, for your favorite podcast or your favorite show that you listen to, there's no way in heck that you're like DMing Joe Rogan to be like, hey, dude, can I be on your show? <laughs> I would, but <laughs> probably not an answer. <laughs> you buddy, buddy probably wouldn't answer. Yeah. Um, you know, we have the luxury of Risk Check Pot ever growing and, and, and the evolution, the fact that we're able to um, meet our, our fans and listeners on the ground level, that they can participate and contribute to yeah. this hobby and this, um, you know, what we've given to the community, I think mm -hmm. is amazing. Absolutely. Um, so thank you for, for taking the time to actually sit down with us. Um, you know, it's truly an honor. 
Um, and let's dive into the thick of things. Well, we got to have our honorary uh, risk check. Honorary risk check. Um, so I guess I'll kick it off. Man, um, never repeat to watch. Never so repeat to watch. For a while, I wasn't repeat. I, for a while, I was repeating watches. Yeah, I think that Nautilus was glued to your wrist. Nautilus was glued to my wrist. I definitely had the emotional connection to my Cellini as well. Of course, mm -hmm. it was the watch that I got married in. Um, it was also, I actually acquired it a year from when I got married and I didn't mm -hmm. even know. Actually, have you been on the show since you've gotten married? I think I have. I don't think we talked about that. Oh, we probably not. I mean, listen, we have so we have so much we do we have so much volume and so much in the chamber, so many episodes mm -hmm. that you just get lost in time. You do get lost. There's a couple episodes we haven't put out yet. So maybe you yeah, you have but been. So I'm losing track. But yeah. <laughs> congratulations on the wedding. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Shout out to my wife, Mary. She's amazing. Um, so happy to, to, to tie the knot and, you know, uh, make things real. Sure. That's great. Because <laughs> it's real. Perry, <laughs> 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 another a, Shout a married, out to Rashawn's wife. Yes. <laughs> what do you got on the wrist tonight? Um, so, uh, I mean, I had to wear a new watch. Um, this is a new watch on my wrist, not a new watch to the couch. Um, we have shared this watch on the show was the piece that we did a review on. Mm -hmm. um, but I am wearing the Blancpain uh, Swatch. Yeah. Nice. Oh, yeah. Um, I guess in the words of uh, Zach, Zach Blass, he'd call it the 51 Fathoms. The 51 Fathoms. So I got the 51 Fathoms on the wrist. Um, I mean, you know, we, we kind of covered it and reviewed it and shared everything we love about it and what we don't love about it. And obviously you can tell that I did not love the NATO strap. Mm. So I put my own on it. Mm -hmm. yeah, um, it looks good. It looks good. You know, I put it on like this tan um, NATO and it's been weathered and worn and kind of goes with like that, um, you know, old school diver aesthetic. Mm -hmm. um, had to throw it on with my orange print tour hoodie. Shout out to Larry June. Shout out to Larry. Um, Great watch talk from you Larry. You know, we're, we're in... Um, we're in Halloween season. <laughs> we were laughing and joking off camera. Um, and I don't celebrate Halloween and I don't dress up, but I was like, if I were to dress up for Halloween, my costume right now is Larry June. <laughs> good job, Larry. <laughs> yeah, so good job to Larry. Shout out to Larry June and hopefully we'll have him on the show. That would be epic if you had Larry. I agree. It's coming. It's wow. coming. Yeah, it's coming. Okay. Yes. That's soon. Um, Perry, you want to share? I'll share. Uh... <laughs> I, I am wearing a new watch. Woo! Yes. I, I was peeping at it. <laughs> Big boy. <laughs> yeah. Big boy watch. Um, you know, we had we had such an amazing time um, in Atlanta. We we had the whole crew down there recently, um, where we had the watch the uh, the watch meet. Yep. Uh, with official CP time, Atlanta Watch Society, Watcherist, and shout out to to our friend Ronaldo Nehemiah. And uh, I just, I, I came back with so many memories of the time that we spent together while working and preach shooting all of this content with us. And uh, in addition to another project that we decided to start with him that is, is in the works. And it was such a good period that I felt like, all right, I gotta, I gotta, it's funny because me, me, me and him were, we were leaving Atlanta and uh, we walked through the airport. And it took us like maybe two hours to get <laughs> through the airport. I don't know why it was so bad leaving Atlanta. Delays? It, it wasn't delays. It was, it was just so many people it's in the security line. It was crazy. Yeah. Mm. Atlanta's so, kind of infamous for that. 
Atlanta. This yeah. was my first time experiencing that. I, and I traveled to Atlanta pretty frequently. And um, he said to me, he was like, he was like trying to explain the gravity of what we had just accomplished. Yes. And then he made a comment. He's like, uh, he was like, do you realize what you just did? And I was like, bro, I'm already thinking about the next thing. But it made me think. I was like, you know what? I should live in this moment mm -hmm. and mark the occasion with a watch. Absolutely. So mm. there was a friend of mine. Uh, shout out to John Tam, who shout watches the show. Shout out to John. Who had this piece and we got to talking about AP and I was joking about how me and Ben had visited AP house and it being one of the uh, the best shopping experiences that I ever had where they actually told me they didn't have a watch to sell me <laughs> uh, just because they're so hospitable and I, I had an amazing time and uh, we got to talking and it just so happened he owned a, a, a neo vintage reference that I was after. Yes. And it was the 14790 yep. ST oh, yeah. with the military dial, which is Oof. what I'm wearing tonight. Woo! Um, this was, crazy. I don't know if I need a, another AP after this. This was you don't. the one I wanted. Yes. I've always wanted this from the first time I ever saw this watch. Yeah. To me, it's just so quirky. It's so weird. Um, I love the, the military aesthetic of the dial. I love how... Uh, you have these like broad sword hands. Mm -hmm. You have this like arrow seconds hand. The the dial has Audemars Piguet on it and Royal Oak stamped on yep. it, but in different yep. typefaces. So yep. it looks mm -hmm. like it's double stamped. It's weird. Yeah. It's weird. And then when you see this thing, like when the loom is in action, mm -hmm. it's like, oh yeah. my God. Super thin too. What? It's super thin and lightweight. What year is that uh, ref? Uh, this is a 90s now. piece. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Um, I'm absolutely in love with it. I, I haven't taken it off in, in a couple of days. Mm. Um, I got a really great price on it. Mm -hmm. uh, too good to pass up. And uh, we were able to make this happen fairly quickly. And so. That's great. I, I instantly saw it with, you know. You're wearing a sweatshirt, but it was peaking. Yeah. And, and, uh, Live for the it, peak. It's um, it's a statement piece. Oh, my goodness. Man, I, wow. I, I, I absolutely love this thing. This thing is amazing. And uh, I had it checked out. It's running, I think, just about three seconds fast. But mm -hmm. that's pretty good. for a vintage, that's, that's incredible. Amazing. That's so yeah, that's fine. I'll take it. Shout out to John Tam. Um, thank you for helping make this happen. Yes, sir. What are you wearing, my friend? I'm wearing my Tudor Submariner, uh, circa 1992. It is this 79090 reference number. Um, it's a watch that obviously I love Neo Vintage. You guys mm -hmm. know that. Yes. Uh, Rolex and Tudor, that's kind of my wheelhouse. Those are the brands that I love the most. But this piece is so fascinating because it comes from an era when Rolex and Tudor were very intertwined. Mm. Yes. Now, of course, they're very separate. Um, but... One is called the Submariner. Mm -hmm. Rolex would never let Tudor use that name anymore. Yes. It just yeah. would not happen. <laughs> yeah, okay. not happen. It says Submariner on the dial in beautiful, beautiful script. Okay. Yes. Then it's got a Rolex crown. Yeah. Because at this time, the pieces were made. I don't know if you could say side by side, but yes. very much in-house together. Mm -hmm. It's a Rolex case. It's just so, it's, it's, it's interesting because... At this stage, I, I only own one Rolex, 
today, yes. but this piece is very much a Rolex, yes. but it's also a Tudor. So you get the best of both. Yeah. yeah. And it's so light. Sometimes I forget it's even on the wrist. Yeah. What sets it apart from the other Submariners is um, at this time, Rolex had moved to uh, the dial with the white gold indices. Yes. This is a matte dial. Mm-hmm. It's just painted on, but it's so beautiful in the patina. It's it's one of my favorites right now. It's a beautiful yeah. piece. I, I have a, a thing for Tudor subs. Yeah. yeah. And really uh, good condition, too. It's yeah. very minty. Where did, uh, a, where, where did you acquire it? If you could share. Yeah. So this watch came um, from my good buddy, uh, Ken Jacobs, that want to buy a watch out in Los Angeles. Nice. So uh, Ken and I have a special relationship and uh, this piece he sourced for me. So that's awesome. Yeah. Special piece. 39? 39 millimeters, mm-hmm. um, roughly maybe 11.6 or so millimeters on the uh, the width. But also, if you can see in the light, the um, the crystal which was acrylic at this mm-hmm. point, even though Rolex had switched to using sapphire, uh, is raised. Yeah. So it kind of, you see the lip that, yeah. and then it's got the Cyclops, of course, for the mm-hmm. date. It's just, this watch is, I, I think, my favorite right now. Okay. It's good. Okay. Yeah. It's a okay. good I think It's hard to say, but I think it is. There's a 90s Tudor subs that are coming back too. Like they I are. More people are starting to pay attention to them mm-hmm. uh, because you can still find many of them in great condition. Yeah. Yes. Which is really good. And then uh, the deeper you get into it, you start to you start to see all of those like weird '90s mm-hmm. colors mm-hmm. that they did. Mm-hmm. Some more rare than others, but there's a lot of interesting stuff there. Yeah, there is. And and again, 1992, roughly. Mm-hmm. Um, you know that because it says T Swiss T. They switched to T Swiss made T in 1993. Mm-hmm. But on these pieces. Um, they were doing things that weren't of the period, mm. right? Yes. It's like acrylic crystal. Um, really, the bracelet, you know that that rattle that mm-hmm. you get with the old kind of pieces? This mm-hmm. thing rattles. Yeah. You know what I mean? Jingle it's, jangle. it's at the jingle jangle, the clasp is gigantic. Yeah. It's like this, <laughs> you know what I mean? No, but I love no. that. Yeah. That's, that's the thing that makes these watches special. That's amazing. Because they were doing things that... Um, they wanted to do. Mm-hmm. Yes. Well, I think they're still doing that now. Yeah. But they they have a, a different identity now. Yeah. Um, modern Tudor, I love. Yes. But it's not this. Yes. No, it's not the same. I agree. And you have uh, brought a few timepieces for us to kind of um, check out and and you can share your emotional connection. Yeah. Um, you already jumped to the one on your wrist. <laughs> the your absolute favorite. And today, kind of, today, today. That could okay, be di- okay. it could be different next so, week. Yes, <laughs> yes. I think we I think we kind of all channel that. Like there was a point in time when like I wouldn't take off a specific timepiece. And I was like, mm-hmm. that's my favorite watch. Or yep. someone's like, what's the favorite, what's your favorite brand to collect? And you're like, it's this. Yep. Mm, Etc. So um before we dive into your collection, I kind of want to talk about um you know, who you are, Absolutely. Um, your origin story, yeah. and kind of how you got into this hobby. Mm-hmm. So I've always loved watches. Yes. I mean, even from the time five, six, seven years old, definitely remember always having appreciation for watches. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, my dad always wore a watch, but he was never into like the crazy brands. I remember very, very vividly him getting a fossil. Do you remember when fossil had a moment oh, back yeah. in the late nineties? Yeah. So, so, and they used to come in like a ten. Was it like a ten? There like was a 10 like a little foil? canister yeah. thing that they mm-hmm. came yeah. in. Mm-hmm. So I remember my dad going to the mall and getting a fossil, and um, I thought that was cool. Yeah, I thought that was special. 
And obviously it wasn't a Rolex. It wasn't a, an AP or anything like that, but it was something that he was interested in, but he didn't really have a desire for watches. Mm. It was more just a utility thing. Like, Oh, this is a watch I wear. It's funny that you mentioned that too, because it's bringing back some memories for me in terms of what that period was like. And now thinking about it, the nineties for watches was like a real tool watch. It was, yeah, it was. There were watches that weren't just about the flex. Yeah. Or the fact that it was made with amazing craftsmanship. And mm. you, you had these brands like even Guess. And yeah. um, I know Rashawn and I have talked about this, but like my first watch mm. was a Guess pocket watch. Mm. And it, it was a pocket watch that has I the had no idea that they made pocket watches. Yeah, no, they were making pocket <laughs> in, in the late 90s, they were making pocket watches and they had like, it had like a little eye yeah. on it and it lit up. You could, you could just hit the top. And you didn't have to send us a picture. Of that. I know, yeah. I, I should have I brought it. It doesn't light up anymore, sure. but it still works. I mean, it's quartz, of course, mm-hmm. so you just replace the battery. Mm-hmm. But I mean, and I think that's what's also special is that I got this watch in maybe 1997. Mm. It still works. Wow. Mm-hmm. But that's the thing about watches when they're made well. And this is a, uh, you know, a child's watch. Yes. You know, d- probably did not cost much money, yeah. but it still works. Yeah. Uh, and and that that is special. But growing up, I wasn't exposed to crazy watches, mm-hmm. nothing like that. The, the craziest watch that I was exposed to at that time was like a Movado Museum. Yes. And a, a good friend of ours uh, who's passed away, he wore um, a museum. Mm-hmm. And every time I saw it, I was like, I want that watch. Yeah. It's like a good watch. to me, when I looked at it, I was like, man, that's just, it's the design, it's nice, mm-hmm. it's simple, mm-hmm. it's beautiful. And one of my gateway watches, um, when I had a little bit of money, uh, was to get a museum. Yes. And I still wear it. I call it my suit watch. Yes. So when I wear a suit, I wear the museum. And whether I'm wearing a sub or a, a, a Tudor chronograph or a museum, they all mean the same to me. And I think not losing that or start still having that appreciation is important because every watch doesn't have to be some crazy watch. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It just no. has to mean something to you. Yeah. I was I was just talking to um to my wife ironically about that. Um understanding when enough is enough and in this hobby there is times where it's not enough watches or my watch isn't good enough to be in this space that's right and we have the opportunity to kind of share that story because it's very synonymous there's so many people that listen to us like Perry's wearing an AP. <laughs> like, yeah. no, exactly. like, that's crazy. I mean, like, that's big. But and if Perry's in a certain room with someone else, they feel like they can't stand next to him. That's but true. obviously for what he contributes to what we contribute to the community, like he'd freak out the same way as if you were wearing a museum while he's got, you know, a piece like that on, which, you know, yeah. is not common. I think the, the cool thing is too, right, is uh, you talked about, you know, your late friend who, who owned this piece. And I always think back to how amazing and how cool it is that when certain people that you admire wear a watch, it'll yeah. make you want that watch. Yes. And that to me is a big thing in a through line all, o- all over my life, right? Mm-hmm. Things that I now like. The question is why? Yes. Oh, it's because uh, this person I looked up to, yeah. he drove a BMW or he did this or mm-hmm. he wore a museum. Mm-hmm. And, and you have those seminal moments that yeah. shape your your um, point of view. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, it, and because another thing that people, one thing that bothers me that I, I try not to be this way is like a lot of people like to act like they're self-made. 
I had no help. It was all me. I did it all. My my point of view is all me. And yeah. that's just not true. And no, we know that. And you guys are humble enough to understand that. Yes. But it's like, my taste is not me. My taste is what influenced me yes. and what I picked up on and that resonated with me. And I like to appreciate those things. And I like to appreciate the past and to see, okay, well, at, at six years old, my dad got a fossil. Mm-hmm. Um, when I was 13, he bought a Mercedes. When I was this, he did this. And, and oh, that's why I like Mercedes. Yeah. Oh, that's why I like watches. Yeah. You know what I mean? And just because he never had a Rolex, mm-hmm. um, you know, now I own a Rolex. And it's like, well, why do I like Rolex? Well, because I like things that are well-made and yes. I appreciate watches. It all stems from somewhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that that kind of segues into um, kind of what I wanted, wanted to talk about, like your early days. Obviously, you're originally from um, Charlotte. Yes. So originally from Charlotte, and now you've um, migrated to the West Coast. Um, and of course, you know, you had some dreams and aspirations and places that you wanted to be. Um, can you talk about, you know, where you're from, mm-hmm. how that kind of shaped you and like, you know, your interest in design and art and cars and, and watches and mm-hmm. then taking that to L.A. Because L.A. is kind of like that big city. And it's absolutely you know what I mean? Like yeah. it's, it's all of those things. I have to say I, a lot of it comes from my upbringing, as you're you're mentioning, but a lot of it is external. Mm. You know, my dad has great tastes, uh, likes nice things. <laughs> but I will say and, and all credit to him he was very much like, I want to just provide for my kids. Mm. And, you know, I want to give them opportunities I didn't have. Yes. So a lot of the things that resonate with me came from outside sources. My, my, my friend's dad or my friend's mom, whatever it may be. Mm-hmm. But like, they're very seminal moments that just stick with you. And mm-hmm. obviously I love cars, mm. but a friend of mine in, in middle school, her name is Alex and her dad, I'll never forget this. He drove a 2002 BMW M3. And it was red over red. Mm. Just think about red that. Over red, red over red. Who's doing that in 2002? Yeah. The thing was unreal. It's, po- it's so polarizing. It was, but it, <laughs> but it resonated with me. And, 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 and now a lot of times, and you see this a lot in the Porsche world, mm. the crazy colors yeah. Yeah. today is what people want. Yes. But in 1998, if you ordered your Porsche in purple over yeah, blue, no, would, people yeah. would be like, oh, oh, oh yeah, why did what, you do that? What but, is that? Right. But now today it's like, oh, that's a that's a one of one. That's yeah. purple over blue. Nobody has that. Yeah, because yeah, nobody was doing that. Yes. That's and, and and that's a seminal thing. Uh, my good friend Obi, his dad was a huge car collector. Yeah. Um, he still has a lot of his cars, but it, just listen to this. In the early two thousands, at the same time, he had a Plymouth Prowler. Mm. You remember those? I remember those. Yeah, those yeah, were yeah. hot. That was the cash money. <laughs> they, those were, yes, <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes. Young, yes. yes, cash money. He had an M five. Wow. He had a Porsche 911 uh, C4S mm-hmm. and um, it was one more I'm, I'm forgetting, but he still has the Porsche 911. Yes. And, you know, maybe one day if I'm fortunate enough, uh, maybe it'll be mine. Who knows? I'd love to buy it. Yes. But that's those type of things don't happen anymore. Yeah. People having these cars and having the foresight to keep them. Yes. But like his car taste definitely influenced me. Um, I could keep naming different people, but like those type of experiences where you're seeing these cars yeah. and they, they speak to you. Yeah. They, you, it's like, 
you know, my dad used to take my brother and I down to the Porsche dealership and we would play That's My Car. You know what I mean? Like, wow. oh, yeah, that's my, I would want oh, that one cool. with the uh, Arctic silver over blue. No, I'd do that one in speed yellow. Like, wow. those are seminal moments that stick with you. And I would get all the brochures yeah. and I'd take the brochures home and I would, they used to, this is crazy. Porsche used to have the brochures where they would have the paint samples mm-hmm. and the paint would be like a little, uh, yeah like a little square yeah. and you would feel it and some of the paint would feel differently yeah. and you're looking at the just the craftsmanship yeah those are the things that 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 speak to me it's funny that you say that so i have a buddy who actually collects vintage car catalogs and he has a few porsche and he has a few ferrari ones mm-hmm. so i'll snap some photos and i'll send it to you if yeah you i want to see that I'll, I'll mail them over to the west coast i want to see that um but the funny thing about wrist check pot is that we can go into um you know watches and then share the hobbies you know mm-hmm. perry collects art and has an amazing art collection you have a car collection and and, and have quite a few cars <laughs> um step stepping away from the the subject of watches can yeah. you can you share the cars that you do own and sure. what's like very yeah, special yeah, yeah. to you so uh maybe i'll start with what i like best i don't know we'll see but i have a <laughs> yeah. um, i have a 2006 porsche 911 uh, it's the base Carrera. Nice. Um, it's in seal gray over black. Mm. Um, I have a white 2004 Porsche 911 convertible. Um, it's white over Savannah. You 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 post those on the gram. I do. Maybe like Porsche stand wheel with the with the Tudor sub. He'd be like, <laughs> but, but for me, that those are the moments. It's not even. I I understand visually. It looks like a flex, yes. and maybe it is. But it's it's. It's me appreciating that moment in mm-hmm. time mm-hmm. because this is real talk. That moment in time where I'm driving the 911 and, and, and I'm I'm taking the wrist shot. That is a that's what life is to me. Yes. An hour from there, I could be thinking life's terrible. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So you have to appreciate those moments. Yeah. And and that's really where it's coming from. But but yes, I I, I understand it, it could be more of a thing where it's like. Uh, you're, you're putting the brands together, but it's because I love them and yes. they, they're, they're machines that, that speak to me. Yes. Um, also, I have a white over um, tan. This is a great, I have to tell this story, but uh, SL500. It's a mm. 2001 Mercedes Benz SL500. Um, and then lastly, my newest edition is a 2003. By the way, listen to all these years. They're all right. Mm-hmm. And, the, and this is the period in which I was coming of age. Yes. And these are the cars I that wanted. You were paying yes. attention to, yeah. Exactly. I have a 2003 Corvette uh, Z06. Nice. Uh, 50th anniversary, uh, Electron Blue. But oh. let me tell the story about this Mercedes. <laughs> <laughs> because this is something that's very fascinating to me. In the early 2000s, even in the late 90s, the SL500 was kind of the I made it car. Yes. And some of the things mm. that, that come to my mind are Tupac uh, featuring it in the um, some of his music videos. That would have been more in the mid 90s, mm-hmm. but same body style, mm-hmm. that SL. Um, you guys know the movie Any Given Sunday? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's a big. That's like one of my favorite movies. <laughs> At the end of any given Sunday, Jamie Foxx goes back to his neighborhood yeah. and he's driving a Carmine, not maybe it's not Carmine, scratch that. He's driving, we'll just say a red SL 500 yes. mm-hmm. at the end. Yes. Um, you think about um, other music videos. It was the kind of go-to car. Sure. And the car is fascinating because if you don't spec it right, yes. it can look very feminine. Mm-hmm. 
it kind of has a very feminine yeah. vibe, but because it, it, the size a little bit, the size, but also like the wheels, yeah, the the bumpers, the side skirts, all yeah. that. But yeah. they had a thing called the SL um, AMG package. Yeah, if you put that AMG package on it, like mine has, <laughs> it, it's not feminine anymore. It's a German <laughs> Bruiser. Yes. Okay. Oh, wow. Okay. It's okay. like it's brawny. Yes. The wheels, the lip on them. It's got like a three inch lip and mm. the, that, that AMG wheel yeah. with the five spokes. Yeah. Oh. So anyway, the year is 2000. Yes. I'm a young, young, young guy. And um, I grew up in Charlotte, of course, but the Carolina Panthers were mm-hmm. kind of hot at mm-hmm. that time. Mm-hmm. They were a new franchise. Um, they, I think their first season was in 96. And um, all of the, pan- not all of, a lot of the Panthers at that time, they drove that car. Mm. Wow. And um, these names probably won't mean anything to some of you, but maybe they do to the viewers. Uh, Eric Davis had one. Okay. Uh, Michael Bates had one. Mm. His was in um, the gold color. Wow. Eric's was in white. Mm. So Eric Davis had a white over tan SL500 from 2000, and it said bump and run. He was a, a cornerback. Mm-hmm. And that in football language, bump and run, it's like when you, you're coming off uh, the snap yep. and you're, you have the little period of time where you can kind of uh, tussle with the receiver before you reach a period where it'll be a penalty. Yes. That's what his plate said. Wow. I own that car now. That's good. And that's a car that, not his. Oh, I'm yeah. a like, Oh, okay. Not, no, 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 no. <laughs> Big time. No, 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 no. Not his, but I'm saying as a kid, yes. I would see him driving it. That's amazing. And I'm like, wow. Yes. But see, that's what I mean. Those mm. are the moments where now that car at that time costs you know hundred thousand mm-hmm. dollars, which in today's money is about one hundred and eighty thousand. It doesn't cost that anymore. It costs no. a fraction of that. Yeah. And so I like to to I gravitate toward those type of value propositions yes. where it's like, wow, this car is in amazing condition. That car gets so many looks, and it's always I'm always like, your car costs way more than mine. But <laughs> yeah. you, you know, people pull up to it and they're like, oh wow, like give me thumbs up. Yeah. And yeah. it's like, yeah, this thing costs less than a Toyota Camry. Wow. So speaking of um, race cars, you have um, a chronograph here. I do. Um, you have a Tudor chrono. Yes. Um, I can't see from here, but is that a t- is this a Tiger? No. So this is the that is the predecessor to the Tiger. Mm-hmm. Nice. So the Tiger would be in reference to when they uh, had their brand partnership with Tiger Woods. Mm-hmm. They and did all those colors. Yes. Mm-hmm. They they did orange, yellow. I think it was even a pink one, maybe. Yeah. Um, so those this, are starting to come back too. Yes. Yeah. So this is the chronograph that was made in roughly the early 90s. It's the reference number 79180. Mm. This is the watch that a lot of people compare. I don't, but a lot of people compare to the Rolex. um, I believe it is 6542. Don't quote me. But around that time of the Daytona, the four-digit Daytonas, Mm. where you have that kind of um, cream subdials, the registers, but one thing that's great about this watch is not only does it have all the functionality of a chronograph, it has a date function. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's also very hefty. Um, yeah, it's a thick watch. It's a thick watch. Did you acquire it? I've had this one for about two years. Okay. Yeah, this one also came from for, Ken. For, okay, is, is so your buddy, um, Ken, he's a big Tudor guy? His wheelhouse is Rolex and Tudor, Cartier. Nice. Um, like I said, he owns Wanna Buy a Watch out in LA. Um, and... This is this is not exactly the pieces that he um, is most well known for. He's really well known for sourcing great subs, um, 
great Cartier pieces. Cartier is really hot right now, by the way. Oh, um, yeah. I mean, we talked to Tristan. Shout out to Tristan Walker all the time about uh, Cartier pieces. Like, I mean, this guy's a nut. He he exclusively collects Cartier watches and won't look to anything else. <laughs> Cartier is a weakness for me. Honestly, I don't know a lot about Cartier. I know the big pieces, the Santos, yeah. the Tank. Yeah. Uh, I know those, but like, I'm nowhere near being, you know, an expert uh, on Cartier, but I am, like I say, an expert. I know a little bit about Ventures Tudor. Mm-hmm. And one thing that is in, in, interesting about this watch is it's not perfect. If you look at the um, tachometer, yes. there's, some, there's some missing ink. It's kind of rubbed out a little it bit. It is. Mm-hmm. But you know what? That kind of thing's not going to bother me. Like, does it bother me actually? Yes. But am I going to fix it? No. No. Because it is what it is. Yes. Um, it's been polished. Mm-hmm. Uh, it has some flaws, but you know, it's a great watch. And if you look at the crown, Perry, mm-hmm. it's Rolex. If you look yep. at the case, it's Rolex. It's a heavy oyster bracelet. That mm-hmm. is a Rolex uh, yeah. bracelet. That, that's not the so jangly. That's, no, yeah. that's the heavy, no, no, that's is, the heavy uh, boy, this is you the, know. The one. You know what's funny about this is that. This is jangly. You know what I mean? <laughs> the, uh, it, looks, it looks like a Daytona. Yes. Yeah. It doesn't feel like a Daytona. The only yeah. reason why it doesn't feel like a Daytona is because obviously they use a different movement. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, also because it has the date feature. So that thickness yeah. yep. throws it off. Yeah. But when you look at it head on, the dial, I know the reference you're talking about, it's the same dial. Yes. Mm-hmm. This is a Daytona dial, but like <clears throat> turned around. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> That's probably why it like, like it's a little rub off, a little imperfection. Are, are the same, you know, it's, it's actually really interesting to like handle this. Yeah. Um, Speaking of the movement, real quick, it's the Valju 7750. Mm-hmm. So it's a source movement, which, you know, at the time, that's exactly what, um, sorry, not at the time in 1993, but right before that, right before 1988, when the Daytona, actually, excuse me, I'm getting tongue tied. The Daytona was still using the Zenith movement mm-hmm. in 1998. So mm-hmm. that would have been, sorry, 1988. So it's the same idea of using a, a source movement. Yes. Same thing. Yes. Yes. No, that, I mean that's that's a solid piece, and it I mean, it channels it channels exactly like who you are as a collector mm-hmm. for pieces that have past lives. Oh yeah, um, and you know it kind of brings me to my next question into diving into you know what was the biggest inspiration into you know wanting vintage because you exclusively collect vintage yes you collect vintage everything mm-hmm. you know it's so easy for someone like yourself to easily buy new sure what is it that you know grounds you to stick to your guns to say i only want to collect vintage watches this episode is brought to you by sax.com at sax.com it's easy to find your new vibe Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda, whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe every day at Saks.com. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. 
to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. That's an interesting question. I think it has to do with just maybe a yearning for the past of that time period. Yes. Of feeling like this is a, a time machine, right? When I <laughs> when I get in the Corvette, I feel like it's 2003. Yeah. And I remember when that car came out, it's almost like an appreciation for what's been done, mm -hmm. which obviously I have, and, and that's one of my guiding principles. But I think it's honestly because so much intentionality was given to these pieces, so much thought. And I'm not saying they don't do that now, yeah. but there's just, they feel different. And I know it's maybe not something you can um, equate to a number or to a, a, this is a black and white. Yeah. It's a feeling. Yeah. And when you, when you have this piece on, I think what you said is very important and resonates with me. It had a past life. Yes. What I like to think about, honestly, is someone going to the store. Yeah. Is, it, it, it probably wasn't even, I don't know much about if Tudor had their own presence in the United States in 1992, but like someone going to a watch store, mm -hmm. they walk in, they're excited. You know, they're, they're going to spend a lot of money that they've worked for and they bought this watch. Yeah. Someone bought this watch new. Yes. I don't know who they were. Yes. I don't know anything about them, but they enjoyed it. And for that moment in time, it was what they wanted mm -hmm. and they felt good about it. And it was a, an accomplishment. Yeah. I now have the same piece and I feel the same way. And this thing lives on. Yeah. Even though that person may not or um, that moment in time is gone, mm -hmm. their youth is gone, whatever it may be. Yeah. This is still here. Yeah. And you know, it's going to be here. It, this it, will still be here. It's funny that you mentioned that. And, it, and, it, and I kind of want to ask, this is kind of like a sidebar, because I know for me personally, because I collect a lot of things. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, I I have recently picked up a pair of like Jordan 8s, the playoffs, which I'm wearing. Yeah, I was going to say, you know uh, what you're wearing? <laughs> but I like, I acquired them in London. Uh -huh. Wow. And flex. in the States. Rashawn <laughs> 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 goes to the UK to get his Jordans. <laughs> but but in that, right, um, it was a specific moment in time. Mm -hmm. And I actually, for things that I collect, and and Mary hates this, like I keep my receipts. That, that's that's cool. Are you are you are you do you try to seek like pieces that maybe have like original form of payment or things like that? Is that like something that's? This, I mean, this is a weird question. No, 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 no. <laughs> I get that, and all of that would be icing on the cake. Um, but no, I mean, yes, would it would it be great? Obviously, yeah. But I don't. I'm not at a place where it's like, oh, it has to be this, which I think is another thing to to, to say. And I think we talked about this with the AP that that Perry has. You know, one of the other things I like to talk about is that. Some of these things can be accessible, yeah. Even if you're thinking it's not accessible mm -hmm. now, and I'm not saying you know these things are affordable. I would never say that. Yes, but it's a lot easier, if you will, to get into a Tudor sub yes. than it is some crazy Royal Oak. Yes. And I think having appreciation for the fact that you can have great design, you can have great pieces, but not at a level where you're talking about having to take a second mortgage out on your home or something. <laughs> yeah, no. You know what I mean? Like, and, and I think that's a big thing in the watch world now. It's true. Yeah, it is true. Seriously, and listen to this. With the, with the modern thing, here's the other piece. You're asking, why do you gravitate towards these things? Well, it's all because of what I like, but also you can't walk into Rolex and get a Submariner. We know that. Mm -hmm. Very fair. So it's like, okay, well, even if I wanted a modern sub, good luck. You mm -hmm. have to go to the gray market, which I have no problem with. Obviously, all these pieces came from the gray market. Mm -hmm. But um, that is also the thing um, that not only is it a, 
per, uh, perception of what I like design wise, yeah. but also practicalities of these things, right? Yeah. I'm not getting on some waiting list for, for a watch that I may never get. Yeah. Uh, you know what I mean? I'm not interested in that. I'm not. Okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm with you. No, I mean, we're, we're on the same page yeah. with that. Yeah. And you, you actually have a Submariner here. I do. So I will tell you this. This is my grail watch. Yes. Now, I know that's funny and juxtaposed with the fact that I just said this is my favorite watch. Yes. But this can still be true. Mm -hmm. This is my grail watch. This is a Rolex Submariner 14060M, M for modified. This piece is circa 2010, um, time only. Mm -hmm. This is the essence of, to me, what a dive watch should be. And there's multiple iterations of uh, the Submariner, but this is very special to me because it's the end of the run for the Rolex Submariner before it became the modern Rolex Submariner. So um, roughly 2012, 2013, the Submariner switched to now using um, yeah, this the was different just bezel. The ceramic bezel. So this is a, this is a uh, aluminum bezel yes. where they switch the ceramic bezel. This piece is so much more understated than the current pieces. And don't get me wrong, the current pieces are lovely. Yeah. Um, they're very nice. But they're so flashy. Yeah. You know, it's it's uh you're right to your point. I think we view it that way because, you know, when you were talking about earlier, you your admiration for certain people in your life and the effect that they had on you in terms of your lens and your perspective and how you are, you know, sort of a, a composite of all of these ideas that were presented to you. I think to you know, a piece like this. And mm -hmm. I think about, you're talking about vintage. Why is it that like I myself am so attracted to vintage much, you know, to the question that you asked him. And it's because we grew up with this. Yes. That's right. Yes. That's right. We didn't grow up with the ceramic stuff. The ceramic no. stuff is, you know, now maybe our children or those who are just getting, uh, you know, accustomed to seeing Rolexes now, you know, it's like, if you see a ceramic bezel, Samaritan is the first one you ever saw, yeah. the first one you ever touched. I get it. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. But I grew up seeing these. Yes. Mm -hmm. And so this is what Rolex is to me. And yeah. so I totally understand your perspective and, and hearing you, you talk about, you know, these people and how you're a composite of, of all these ideas. It's like now just clicking. I'm like, no, this is exactly the reason why. Yeah. This is our dad. This is our grandfather, our yeah. uncle. Yeah. You know, those those other figures in our life who meant something to us. And then we glance at the wrist and we're like, what's that? Yeah, exactly. you saw something <laughs> like this. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And the other thing, touching off what you said, Perry, this piece, albeit this is the end of the run, you know? Yes. That Submariner ran roughly from 1990, we'll call it, mm -hmm. to 2012, in that same kind of visual yes. setup, yeah. all of that. It still that looks that's very a modern. long time. It still looks very modern. That's well, this 22 was had, years. Uh, this is when they, they updated the case. Yeah. yeah. So, that, so the 14060, uh, circa 1990, they updated the case, they... Uh, the, they changed the bezel slightly. Mm -hmm. The movement changed. Mm -hmm. Now, again, I said this is the M, M for modified. Yes. This is also very special in a way, right? It's not crazy special, but it's special because it has the updated movement. Yes. So it was now COCS uh, certified. Yes. And it has four lines of text. Yes. 
Okay. All of the 14 uh, 060s usually have two lines of text. Yeah. This one has the four lines because it's officially certified as a chronometer. Yeah. um, Which speaks to me because if you go back to the early 80s, when they were chronometers, they had the four lines of text. Mm -hmm. So they kind of moved away from it. They came back to it. This was a short run. I believe these ran from roughly 07 until 2012. Yeah. Yeah. it, this is just like the the ultimate Submariner for me. Yes. That's just me. Yes. You know what I mean? But that's my point of view. There's something interesting going on here, too. I love how flush the bezel is mm-hmm. to the case. Yeah. yeah. Um, It's almost like pancaked. Yeah. Yeah. yeah which yeah. I don't recall seeing that on earlier uh, references. Yeah. And Trevor, you know... For the timepieces that we are reviewing that you that you're sharing, mm-hmm. I mean, condition I have to say is superb. Wow, that means a lot. I appreciate you, that. You you treat you treat these pieces very well, and we've covered on the show. And I think this is the perfect question for someone like yourself that is a vintage collector. Um, and we've had Eric Wynn, I mean, the, the yeah. vintage guru. The guru. The guru. The, like yeah. million dollars. <laughs> yeah. the guy, yeah. He's the guy on the top yeah. of the mountain. Like, Talk to I, me nice. Yeah, exactly. Like that Esquire, yeah. you know, yeah. the Esquire um, article definitely put him at the top of the mountain. So shout out to Eric. And we we miss you and we love you. And we want you back on the show. A lot of dealers out there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> A lot of angry dealers. We might start something <laughs> up. But... Um, you know, I want to ask you, as a collector, and I and I seen it on Instagram. Uh-huh. I don't I don't remember who posted it, but it was like a pyramid, and it was like if you could choose two, it was like costs, rarity, and then condition. Uh-huh. So I think for you, if you look at that pyramid, what do you value more? Is it like it being very rare, but like you know, maybe the cost is sure. whatever or et cetera, et cetera. Please ex- ex- um, elaborate if you can. Probably condition. You always want to buy. And again, these things are relative and let us not always get for, uh, away from the fact they cost money. Yes. They cost a lot of money. Yes. So if you can condition. Yes. Then, of course, I'm not going to say cost is necessarily number one, but it's always there. Yeah. Um, but then for rarity, rarity is important. Is not that important to me. I'm going to be completely honest at this stage. Yes. Now you change as a collector. You change what value, uh, what va- is most valuable to you. Yes. But right now it's not even a rarity thing. Cause like, like that, and that's why I was kind of struggling to say, well, the four line is rare. It's not really that rare. Yeah. And obviously when we're talking about Rolex. We all know this. They make <laughs> hundreds of thousands, <laughs> if not millions yes. of these watches. Yes. So it's silly to talk about, oh, this is rare. It's not. Yes. But it's. You don't see many of these. I see a ton of uh, Submariners in the world. I very rarely see the four line into the run aluminum bezel Mm. sub. I see a lot of the ceramic pieces. I do. Mm -hmm. Um, But uh, to go back to your question, yeah, condition. It's always condition first within your budget. Yes. So I will say uh, when I Wait, bought. There's varying degrees of condition. Yeah, there's varying degrees, yes. right. If you're talking about Eric Wind, you're talking about the ultimate condition, right? <laughs> He's going to have the best of the best of the best in yes. the best condition, but you're going to pay for it. Yes. Um, you know, I was just talking to a buddy of mine um, in the watch world, and uh, I really very much love the Zenith cover girl. Mm-hmm. And, and Eric had one. He may still have it mm. a few months ago. And this thing was priced 
at a, at the price of what it commands. Yes. But I'm thinking like, I don't know. It's like, it's like, the <laughs> no, and that's, that's the real thing, right? Yeah. Because you're like, I want this. Yes. I desire it. Um, do I think it's worth this amount of money to me? Yes. No. But if you're talking about condition, that is what's going to drive the price a lot of times. Mm -hmm. And I think that's where sometimes people get in trouble because they'll see a dealer that has a sub for 5000 Yes. And you're like, oh, that's a great price. Well, there's probably a reason. Yeah, look that, under the hood. That it's at, at yeah, 5000 Yeah. yeah. Um, and I think that varying degree is important. Mm -hmm. But I would say to any listener, to anyone wanting to get into this game or buy a piece or maybe expand their collection, Buy the best condition for what you can afford. Yes. And if you can't afford what it is, wait. That's the best advice I can give. Wait. Because people, including me, are very impatient, right? <laughs> they want it now. Mm -hmm. They want to get that thing. No. You have to have a plan yes. and you have to wait for it. But if you want to talk about condition, this last one is the one you want to see. Please. <laughs> Please. There is a slight thing, which I'll, I'll talk about a little bit. But this piece is very, very, very special to me. Because um, it's from 1988. Wow. It's a 1988 Galet Adenac. Adenac is Canada spelled backwards. Wow. It's a watch that was made in conjunction with the U.S. Air Force and the Canadian Air Force. Uh, Galet had that contract at the time. And if you look visually, it's very reminiscent of the Benris uh, yeah, Type 2. Yeah, it looks like a Type Which two. I love. Oof. Oof. If I could own a... Oh, my goodness. If I could, I'm getting, I'm getting goosebumps just thinking about it. I mean, I can get you one immediately. <laughs> you have one? No, I don't have one, but I'll connect you with someone who can. You might want to, yeah, slide, slide <laughs> yeah, it yeah, yeah. <laughs> If I could get an original Benris Type 2, I would be very happy. Um, but yeah, this, this watch, cool. aside from what it's I'll point so, out, is so good. Is in amazing condition. And uh, so the case is asymmetrical. It's 42 and a half millimeters. Uh, it's sandblasted, which is one of the reasons why the case looks so nice. Yeah. I was going to say it's blasted. It's sandblasted. And you can see it from afar, even yeah. with Perry handling it. Yeah. You're like, man, they did that case really effing yeah. good. Oh, yeah, they totally. Did. 30 years ago. And if yeah. you look at the back, if you take the NATO off, it's uh, stamped. So it's April 1988 oh, uh, wow, production. Oh, can someone, and again, this is me. I own it. I love these things. Someone in the military in 1988 wow. got this in their, in their uh, whatever you call production yes. of uh, this is your gear. And for whatever reason, I don't know. I'll never know. Kept it pristine. Yes. This watch isn't going to look like this if you actually wore it and yes. if you went into battle mm -hmm. or if you did anything with it. But mm -hmm. there's one thing on it, on the crystal. So if you look, Perry, uh, around the two o'clock uh, hour on the crystal there is a scratch mm -hmm. and there's a scratch there because i'll tell you i um hurt my back very very badly a couple years ago and um i fell because my back literally just seized up and i was wearing this watch and i fell to the ground and i scraped it and before i looked at it, i was like man not only is my back completely messed up but i just messed up my watch period that watch went on the concrete and just as it is and the only thing you can see is that little, yeah, that little good. scuff wow. on the crystal. Wow. And when I looked at it, I was like, man, I can't believe that's all that happened, even that's, though I scraped this watch a, on concrete. That's, that's a tank. It is. But that's what it was meant for. It was meant for battle. Yes. And it's it's quartz. Yes. Which um, I have no yeah, problem with. Because you can see the you can see yeah. on the case bag where oh, you yeah. can replace the battery. You can see, yeah, it's got the 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 
the, the, little, um, the little hatch. Yeah, yeah. hatch. Yeah, for, for the battery. And um, I'm not one of these snobs that's going to say I can't wear a quartz watch. I love I love a great quartz watch. Yeah. So um, it's quartz. It keeps it keeps great time. Look at just look at how the second hand just bounces when yeah, it moves. Nice. You know, it, I the, like the case shape too because mm -hmm. at the crown there's a little bit of like this exaggeration of like an angular yeah because you can tell it kind of has a bit of like so it has a bit of that like late 70s into the 80s influence. that's what i was gonna say too because it's like a 70s skin diver <laughs> yeah exactly, oh, yeah. exactly it's all there it's exactly. all there it's all there and the coolest thing is to your point and i think you know this is amazing to have you here to share your story because you're speaking to the relevance of time. Absolutely. And it's something that, you know, I think for people that don't understand this hobby or don't really know what the hoobla is when we <laughs> talk about these watches, it's like, you, you, you have to know what you're looking at. That's right. Like, you have to understand relevance. You have to understand the provenance. Mm -hmm. You have to understand, like, so that piece being something that a, a you know, a soldier or, you know, someone would have worn in the military um, is amazing. You go back to the history of Rolex being on military bases, Yep. you know, and even diving into fashion when you think of, you know, um, military jackets that had blood chits on them. Mm -hmm. And if you were a pilot you were shot out of the sky, you would you would show this chit to be like, hey, listen, I am actually a friend of this country. Right. I, please, I, I don't speak the language, but I don't want to be POW. Exactly. Or if you did buy a Rolex, you use that as your chit if you were behind enemy lines. It's like, hey, dude, I got a Rolex. <laughs> He's like, hmm, very good. <laughs> I don't know what accent that was. <laughs> I don't know what it was. <laughs> but you know what? You also just hit on something important about... And I think this speaks to what ha Rolex has become, yes. which again, I, I'm not going to say anything ill will, you know, nothing bad about that, yes. but it's different. Yes. I will say a lot of times in the world, I like to spot watches. Mm -hmm. And sometimes if I think the watch is a certain kind of watch yeah. and the person looks approachable, I'll talk to them about the watch. Yeah. Um, I don't ever do that with modern pieces, if I'm being completely frank, because yeah. that's a whole other wheelhouse. But I saw a guy wearing a 16, uh, 610 um, so it would be a date Submariner from roughly the mid eighties. Mm -hmm. And, um, I just said to him very casually, I said, I like your watch. It's, it's a great sub. And he lit up mm. and he, you know what he said? He said, I bought this at my military base in 1986. He told me everything. He's like 1986. Wow. It cost $700. I still have the receipt. I wear it every day. This thing was in <laughs> phenomenal condition. Wow. And like to have the time of passage one owner yes like that's that's a piece that has its own provenance just based off of him yes mm -hmm. not even that it was rare because it's not they made tons of those pieces mm -hmm. but that he bought it in germany that it, he was the original owner that he's loved it yeah that he has original receipt yeah you know every now and then you'll see um you know that show on PBS? I think it's uh, Antiques Roadshow. An exactly, sure. Antiques Roadshow. Yeah. <laughs> Someone will come in and they'll they'll be like, you know, I, I got this Rolex. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I got this one in '68. Uh, couldn't much afford it at the time. My wife thought I was crazy, and the guy's like, "This watch is worth a hundred thousand dollars." And the guy, the guy, the, the guy's like, "Oh, God, I can't believe it!" You know, it's like <laughs> so we all got we do all doing accents. On it. That's so good. 
but but that's the thing, right? These pieces, and you guys talk about this, they used to be tools. Yes. And they used to be um, things that had more than just uh, flashy bezels Mm -hmm. and uh, Mm -hmm. beautiful executed crystals. Yeah. They were pieces that could help you. Yeah. In that if you needed to keep two time zones, Mm -hmm. um, you could. Yeah. And you had a reason to. And it wasn't because you had a smartphone that you could double check everything with. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You, you were going to ask? No, go ahead. So, so this, this is actually perfect because it segues into um, how important I think community is. Mm-hmm. The fact that you can, you know, randomly see someone in the street mm-hmm. and point them out. And you guys can have, like, the craziest of conversation. It's funny, too, because... I was in, um, I was hanging out with, um, with Patrick, um, shout out to Patrick. He's a good friend of ours. We were at the Ming event, um, yesterday and we just stopped in with his wife, um, Mm -hmm. to our mess. Wow. And it was a gentleman that was wearing a Beauvais and Perry, you know, we kind of see eye to eye on Beauvais and like what they're contributing and like how like hot they are. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's a great brand. They make amazing watches. Amazing watches. And I was wondering, I was like, what kind of gentleman is this guy for him to walk into Hermes wearing a Beauvais? Because he mean, could wear a paddock. He sure. could wear a AP. It's still a very appropriate environment. But when you think of those kind of places, like you're thinking about the hot shot wearing... You know, the hot, like he's got a solid yeah. gold Daytona. I think Beauvais, I think like Weekend yeah. in Monaco. Oh, he's definitely like, yeah, he's yeah. like feet up on the boat somewhere. Yeah. Wow. But I want to I wanna ask you, you know, in your opinion, how important do you feel, you know, with the ever-changing of the watch community and now, you know, people of color being represented in it, in the space, do you feel that, you know, we have a voice? Do you think that it needs to be louder? Um, how important is it to you, you know, and, yeah. and, and elaborate on? I would say the voice definitely needs to be louder. And I think for many years in all types of advertising, mm-hmm. and I'm rewatching Mad Men right now, so maybe this is influencing it a bit. Oh, I love that but series. Mad Men is amazing. <laughs> it's one of my favorite shows. Rewatch it. It's amazing. Yes. But for many, many years, advertisers of all sorts, and I'm not even saying it's the brands, the brands have their own role to play, but advertising was meant to focus on a certain group. Mm-hmm. And that group, I'm not, I'm not gonna opine on why it is, obviously there's many reasons for why, but it didn't include us. Yes. It didn't include black men, black women. And I think these brands are realizing, man, there's so much out there. There's so much more that we haven't tapped into And our conversation right now, and this is why, honestly, I've been a listener from the beginning, because you guys are tapping into something that resonates with me. Mm -hmm. And if it resonates with me, probably resonates with other people of color, other black men who like this. And honestly, Rashawn, (laughs) it's such an untapped market. There is so much potential. And I believe in the future, these pieces, I hope, will be thought of as just watches for all Mm -hmm. instead of. Like when you think of certain watches, you're like, you might have feelings or misgivings about who who can wear that or whose watch is that for. 
is for everyone. Yes. And I don't think it has to be a thing where the brands are saying, oh, we, we want to get into the black market. It doesn't have to be that explicit. It just has to be. <laughs> but it could. That was but great. It, but it could. <laughs> but it could. No, but, but it's point, just like, that's how, this is yes, for all. That is what happens. But that's what happens. Typically what happens. Yes. Someone comes along, they say, oh my God, this demographic is spending so much money. We need to get into the black market. Yes. Tap into the black market. Yes. And it's like, whoa, slow down, guys. Time out. Pause. Yeah, that's, that's, yeah. Like, we're already here. Yes. 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 We are already here. You can't, you can't tap into it. What you have to do is you, you have to understand and accept the fact that we are here. Yes. And let's all take part of the conversation. Yes, That's exactly right. And I will say from afar, uh, you know, I see this. Um, hopefully I can say this, but Jeez, you, you all um, haven't um, gone to Oris events. Seeing what Oris is doing, yes, I think is important. Yes, and I think other brands couldn't agree with you more. I love Oris. Shout out to VJ. Shout out Josh to Shanks. Shanks. Other brands, if they just took just um, a little bit of effort, oh my goodness, it, it could be beautiful. But I think the day will come when who knows when it'll be. But the day will come where, and again, in the watch world. It is very much um, homogenous, honestly. Mm -hmm. I went to a watch event in, in LA a few months ago, and there was other one other uh, black man there. One. Mm. Probably a room of 100 men mm. and some women. Oh, that's another thing. Yes. Diversity is not just race. Women very much also slept on. Yes. But it just kind of made me feel, I didn't feel... I didn't feel ostracized at all. I felt welcomed. Yeah. But it just didn't feel great. Yeah. It's like, this doesn't make any sense. And, and I think in many cases, what we've because we've all experienced the same thing. I don't, I, I hate to talk about it in a way where it seems like it's intentional. I don't think group. it's intentional. I know, not, I know you don't, I know that's not what you're expressing, which yeah. is why I'm, I'm saying. Um, but what I think what happens is, is a lot of organizations or companies have exist existed or operated from a perspective where they never they weren't they never felt that they had to uh have a conversation with people outside of their immediate circle or cultural milieu right and not that we're ostracizing people but because we don't regularly engage people that don't look like us yes about watches yes we don't even know that there's interest there yes and now what we're starting to see at least in new york is you have companies or organizations much like complecto mm -hmm. shout out to mm -hmm. al and, and and cp time where they're saying no we have to make an effort yes to make sure that people know we are inclusive yes yes and because you do have to make an effort yes. because the watch world in itself, whether you're going to a watch meet or you're walking into a retailer, it can be intimidating. Very. And it can be intimidating absolutely. no matter where you exist on the economic spectrum. Yes. Right? I, yeah. you, someone could walk into a retailer at, and I've seen it before, at Friends. Yes. Multi-millionaires. Yes. Very successful people walk in. I don't know. And it's like, dude, you could buy anything you want here, but they still feel uncomfortable. That's yes. right. Right. Mm -hmm. And it, it, um, it's, it's, it's very interesting. And I think, you know, to your point, yeah, the, you know, one of the things that we're trying to do is continue to amplify those voices 
the important thing about what we're doing, highlighting collectors like yourself, is being able to show the world that, uh, you know, what you think of a watch collector, mm-hmm. uh, maybe you should challenge those ideas and those ideas should change. That's exactly right. And I think to your point also, um, you don't have to be a multimillionaire. Exactly. Uh, surprise, I'm not. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, you don't have to, but there's so much potential there. And again, I will say this very candidly, it doesn't have to be Rolex. It doesn't have to be Tudor. It doesn't have to be AP. No. You can design and great watches can be uh, obtained at all price points. 100%. And I think all price points are important. And as you all talk about, and as I appreciate, I think the watch world also is coming to a reckoning of like, you don't have to have the most expensive piece to be someone who's taken seriously yeah. or someone who has an opinion. Yeah. And I think that, um, like you're saying, you're in a room with someone and someone's wearing an all gold, you know, AP and you're like, do I deserve to be here? Yes. Yes. Is the answer. Of course you do. Yes. yes. You do. Yeah, and, you do. and I and that think guy with the AP is probably interested in your Seiko or yeah. whatever it is you're wearing. Absolutely. You know 100%. Um, and these things, they, they don't go away and they do, they do kind of um, permeate your brain because sometimes I will say, I like Seiko. I have a couple Seikos. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a, a Neo Vintage Seiko Turtle. And if I'm wearing that sometimes and I see someone with a great Rolex on, I may, I, I may think twice about talking to that person because they're going to look at my wrist sure. and they're going to say, oh, wow. Oh, he's wearing a, a Seiko. What does he know about this? And people make those judgments. But my hope is that as we expand uh, our reach and, and, and the podcast grows and you have us in more positions where you're out and about that those type of uh, judgments will subside yeah. Yeah. because you say, oh, wow. You know, and if, if the guy asks, I would say, oh, yeah, I, I have Seiko, but I also have a few Tudor and I have Omega and I yeah. have um, Rolex. You know what I mean? Yeah. It, it, it's not just a thing of money. And often, a lot of times, I think that's what it becomes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it's about the design. And it's about the pieces. And I'm just as much geeked over, um, you know, seeing a Neo Ventures Seiko as I am seeing this amazing AP that you have on your wrist. <laughs> Honestly. And like now, I might, I might go home and, and consider. And I think for me... Honestly, some of the crazy stuff like the the Pateks and. Um Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the must not take yourself too seriously and six one since that matters. And what do I even say other than hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all new Bumble with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed. So you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. APs. Um, what else? Maybe. Yeah. All those things. Those are out of my wheelhouse right now. But I'm not saying they will be forever. Yes. And I think having that growth and having that understanding of it doesn't happen, have to happen today is mm-hmm. very important. Because um, it doesn't all happen at once. Yeah. And having these pieces does not all happen at once. And I think sometimes we get lost in this Instagram world, oh, this yeah. social media world of like, why don't I have an AP? Why don't <laughs> I have a patet? And it's like, it's like, hold on. Yeah, no, slow down. Buddy. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It takes it's a while. It's an Oris. Yes. It yes. Takes, it does. Yes. I, I just got an Oris this year. Yeah. It's one of my favorite watches. It's a yeah. you know, time. It's crazy. Yeah. I love the, um, is, uh, the name is uh, evading me right now, but the, um, 
that beautiful Oris that has the 24 hour, uh, or sorry, the calendar hand. Oh, uh, the, the, uh, the big date. The, the pointer. The pointer date. The pointer date. Oh, yeah. yes, yes, yeah. yes, yes, yes. That yes. one in the copper. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Right That's now, sitting well, here today, to, I want one of those. But they did one to commemorate both Roberto Clemente and they just did one with Hank Aaron. And I did see that. I saw that. Where people need to get on to vintage Oris Banks. Vintage Oris Banks. They're vintage, all this vintage Oris that's yes. like popping up out yes. of nowhere. I'm like, where the hell were you guys two years ago? Yeah. Like, you guys just holding on to all this stuff? This stuff is fire. Yeah, yeah. it is. Yeah. It is. It is. And I have to say, you know, what a way to close this episode. Um, to kind of speak on the relevance of what we do here. I feel like this was a commemoration it is. episode. <laughs> no, it, it, it absolutely is because speaking from the heart, you know, as as a small time collector, I appreciate you calling me a collector, but I'm yeah, keeping it real. You, you watch as you're collecting. Yes. Yeah. I'm not going to front and act like I'm some big timer because I'm not, but I like watches and I like what you guys have done here. Thank and you. I think it, getting this message out and letting it be known that this is a whole area that's, that people have a desire for to talk about watches mm -hmm. and to engage in them at a level of where we're talking about reference numbers like it's nothing, yeah. you know? Well, that's more that's, you. <laughs> <laughs> no, you can't no, ask me to no, spit no, a reference no, no, number. No, no, no. <laughs> I wouldn't say that's just me because Perry was dropping some reference numbers. You know, Perry, no, Perry got about. some numbers too. Oh, no, yeah, uh, I got some numbers. <laughs> numbers. <laughs> that was good. That is what it's about. And having this uh, space and platform means a lot to, yes. to not just me, but a lot of people. So thank you. Thank you. Man, thank you. We thank appreciate you. you. Um, this definitely wraps up uh, episode 68. Um just to say it again, such a pleasure to have you. Thank you so much. This was a treat. Um, you guys know where to find us. Uh, you can find us exclusively on richcheckpod.com. Um, shout out to Wolf and uh, and Ben and Perry and myself for collaborating with them to um, create the shuttle. So if you don't have one already. Richcheckpod.com. Richcheckpod.com. 222. 222, baby. <laughs> Peace. See ya.